Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at ZaynerMinistries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. It's an honor and a privilege to preach the gospel anywhere, especially in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Amen? Is this where Jesus was born? Jesus was born uh, right up the mountain there where you see that star. That's where the manger sat. If you guys didn't know that, that's exactly where Jesus was born. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everywhere I travel, when I mention I'm from Bethlehem, immediately everybody thinks I came from Israel. And then I have to quickly say Pennsylvania. And they're like, oh, my God, I thought there was only one Bethlehem, not Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So you get to claim a fame, amen, that Jesus The American Jesus was born here. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, who came expecting? Amen. All right. Well, my job tonight is to get you, those who didn't come expecting, to a place of expectation. Amen. Because when you come expecting, God's going to touch you. God's going to move. God's going to do something in your life. How many need God to do something fresh in your life? Amen. How many need God to come in and invade your your life? Maybe it's physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Some area in your life, you can have a little bit more of God. Amen. Come on, I think that should be all of us. If I could put my feet up in the air, I would say that's me. Right, brother? Come on. So tonight, I want you to expect Jesus to, to make himself real to you. Expect Jesus. You know, every Wednesday is on the Holy Ghost, but I found out if I talk a lot about Jesus, the Holy Spirit shows up. Why? Because he'll confirm the words of Christ. And so we're there, it's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to talk a lot about Jesus, but don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit's already moving. I said he's already moving here. Because maybe you've come in here and you need a healing in your body, he's going to touch your body. Maybe, you need a, maybe things are coming against your mind like crazy because the holidays are taking place and things are reoccurring in your thought life. I'm telling you, Jesus can eradicate that tonight. Or maybe tonight you're saying, you know what, I need God to come through for me. It's Christmas time, and everybody and their aunt and uncle, brother, sister, great, 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 great cousin is coming around saying they want Christmas gifts, and I don't know where I'm going to come up with the money. I'm telling you, there's a provider in the house. I said, I'm telling you, there's a provider here. Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, he's here. Anything you need from God is here, right here, right now. You don't need to go any further than right here, not because I'm preaching, but because God is here. Amen. Jesus literally is here, and he is holding everything that you need. All you have to do is reach out and receive and say, it's mine. There's an old song that goes that way. Reach out and receive and say, it's mine. Yes, it's mine. It's yours. And so you can reach out and grab it. How do you, how do you reach out and grab what you cannot see? It's called faith. Faith, you reach out by your faith, that when the word of God, I'm about to preach here in a minute, I'm just kind of greeting you, but when the word comes forth, there's something in there that you can grab in your spirit, amen, and when you grab it in your spirit, and you believe it with all of your heart, and then you take corresponding action to God's word, a miracle is chasing you down. I said a miracle will begin to chase you down, why? Because God, the, the only thing that pleases God is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it. But when you, when you begin to see it on the inside of you and believe it on the inside of you and grab a hold of what God has for you, you're going to begin to see it on the outside. Can you say amen? You're going to begin to hold your miracle in your hand. Physically, you can hold what God has for you in your hand if you just believe. We sung it tonight, right? All things are possible to those who believe. How many believe that? How many believe that all things are possible to those who believe? I believe that with all of my heart. You know, there's a song. You guys probably know it. I've been sharing it everywhere I go because it's on replay in my house because it's an old kid's song. It's on replay. There's 3 million views on this song, and I have 2.5 million in my house right now. It goes, my God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. You guys know that song? My God is so big, he's so strong, he's so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. That's how the song goes in our house. 
And so that's on replay all the time. And so, you know, I began to think about that. I know it's a children's song, but think about it. God is so big. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. Where do we get that from? Not because it's a good rhyme for kids. It's from the Bible. Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe. We serve a big God. How many know that we got a big, big God? I mean, God is so big, so big. Think about it for a second. He's so big, he created this whole earth, the whole earth. In the beginning, there was nothing, and God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. And then within the seven days, he created the heavens and the earth and the light and the darkness and all these things. I can go in and read on that. But he created it all. Think about that. He's so big. I mean, this is just a little building compared to how big God is. Though this is a big building, we can fit a lot of people in here, but God's bigger than that. He's bigger than New York City. He's bigger than San Francisco. He's bigger than the United States of America. He's bigger than North America. He's bigger than every continent put together. Yet he's so small, he lives in you. Because the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Think about that for a second. He's big. So whatever problem maybe you've come into this place with, it's very, very small. Though it's very significant to you, and I'm not downplaying that. It's big to you, but in God's view and perspective, it's so, so small that God can take care of it in a matter of .05 milliseconds. Boom, God could take care of your problem because he's so big, because he's so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. Come on, what are you facing tonight? I'm talking to each one of you individually, but as a whole, and those watching online, what are you facing tonight that you need God to come and turn around? And maybe you're not facing anything in trouble. Maybe you're not in trouble, and we should have, we should have many more times of not being in trouble than in trouble, but you're saying, you know what? I'm tired of the mundane, day in, day out. Where's the supernatural? Where's my miracle maker? Where's the God who's never-ending increase? Where's the God who will take me to the next level? Where's the God who will break me through? And I'm telling you, if you put your eyes back on Jesus, you put your eyes back on God, there's nothing God cannot do for you. There's nothing. I don't care what the devil's thrown at you. If the devil's been messing, God's about to start blessing. Can you say amen? I said if the devil's been messing, God's getting ready to start blessing tonight in Jesus' name. Before you even walk out of this place, you can start seeing the blessing of God go into full effect in your life. Amen. Hallelujah, because he's a big God. He's a mighty God. And you know what? That God that we serve, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us. And three days later, he rose from the grave. And the Bible says that he seated him at heavenly places far above every principality, every demon, everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, everything that has a name, Jesus is seated high above it. And so he's been given the name above all names, that at that name, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I guarantee whatever you're going through tonight is there's a name attached to what you're going through. Maybe you don't have enough money. That's called poverty. That has a name. But poverty has to bow to the name of Jesus. Maybe you have something going on in your body. It's called sickness and disease. You can put any title you want on it. Uh, Alzheimer's, cancer, you name it. A headache, whatever. There's a name. And guess what? That name has to bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. Every situation you're going through right now, it might have a name attached to it, but that has to change when you use the name of Jesus. See, the name of Jesus is not just a name that we, we put on a plastered billboard and says, oh, look, it's Jesus. Great. And it's got a little picture of him holding a little lamb, and he looks so sad, but yet so happy. And he, no, that it's not just a name that we color in in a coloring book. That name holds all power, all authority. It, that name holds everything you need to see every situation turn right side up in Jesus' name. That's why we use the name of Jesus because everything has to begin to go in full motion and start getting momentum when you use the name of Jesus. That name is not just used to bless our food, though we better bless our food more than we ever had before because we don't know what the heck's in it. Can I get an amen? They said, oh, this is vegetarian meat. I don't believe it. 
I don't know what's in that thing. But if that's all you got to eat, then you just bless it in Jesus' name. Lord, turn this into real meat. Do whatever you got to do. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what you're getting. You better pray over that food. My goodness. But that's not the only time we should be using the name of Jesus. Come on, when something arises up in your life, you know, a headache, a, a cold, you know, everybody's like, ah, you know, it's November, it's December, it's January, it's February. You know, everybody's going to get a cold here and there. Everybody's going to get sick. You foul devil, we ain't getting sick. Absolutely not. The minute a symptom tries to rise up, guess what? I'm going to grab the bo- biggest bottle of olive oil I can and use the name of Jesus and say, get out in Jesus' name. Absolutely not. Do you see what I'm saying? See that there's something on the inside of you. That name is in you. That name is upon you for you to use so that you don't just get beat up by life, but you call upon the Savior, the healer, the provider, the one who's, who's given you everything you need. You call upon him, and you use that name and watch everything change. But he's waiting on you to use that name. See, all of a hev- heaven comes to attention when you use the name of Jesus. Heaven's waiting to move, but they're waiting for orders. It's like military. Who's ever been in the military before? One person. Praise God. Let's give it up for our great man who served in the military. Amen. Well, maybe you've been in a situation where there's authority, but until someone gives you the command to do something, you're not going to do it until he's given command to go. So if someone under him comes and says, hey, you need to go do this, he said, no, I have, a, I have an uh, an order of who's in charge, and this person above me has not given me any orders. And so therefore, I will not move. But see, God has given us the name of Jesus. There's no one higher than Jesus. Jesus is at the utmost top part. And he said, guess what? I've given you all power and authority. That's called delegated authority. That means now, guess what? If I was here, when I was here, every devil listened to me, every sickness and disease listened to me, every dead body listened to me, every fish that didn't have a coin in its mouth listened to me and went and found a coin and put it in its mouth because it listened to me. But now, guess what? I'm not here anymore longer. I've been exalted up and seated at the right hand of the Father, but now I've given all power and authority to my church to use my name, that when you use the name of Jesus, every situation's turning around. And I see every situation in your life getting flipped right side up in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. All you have to do is believe. I see your bodies coming back alive. I see a resurrection taking place in your life. Everything that's been dead and dormant is coming back alive in Jesus' mighty name. Every relationship that's been broken that brings the great depression upon your life when Christmas comes around because they don't ever come around, I'm telling you they're going to come back around. Every relationship will be resurrected in Jesus' name. Why? Because we're calling upon the God who is big. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. We can learn so much from just children. I mean, I'm learning that. Just listen to this song 2.5 billion times. It's in my spirit now. It's like I never cared about any kids' songs before, but now I have to listen to them, and I'm telling you, there's power in those kids' songs. Sometimes we just need to sing the kids' songs because there's more power in that than anything else. There's more faith in that. Think about that. God is so big, he's so strong. Where do we get that? Ephesians, right? 3 verse 20, that he is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all, that is, that is according to the power at work within us. God is able to do big things. Amen. And so why not for you? Why not for you? Why, can't, why can God do big things for some and not for you? The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. But he is a respecter of faith. If you believe that God will do it for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, if you believe he'll do it for you, you got to make this thing personal tonight. Say, guess what? I don't care who's getting it to my left or who's getting it to my right. I'm getting this thing for me. Amen. And you say, God can do it for me. I'm telling you, that's where faith comes alive, and then things are going to begin to change. Amen. So go with me to Acts chapter 3. The book of Acts, yeah, chapter 3, verse 1, and we'll get into the Bible now. That's just my intro, but I'm telling you, I've just been feeling this all day because people are going to come alive. December is not going to be a down month for anybody. It's going to be the best month you've ever had, and I'm not just saying that because I want to 
uh, to run around the building, though I want to run around the building. Amen. It's cold out. It could warm up a little bit. If you feel like running, just take off. I understand. I say, praise God, they're warming up in here. Hallelujah. But no, it's not about shouting and doing that because, oh, it's a December to remember. Let's uh, get the confetti. None of that. No, I mean it with all my heart because I just I feel like God just doesn't want us just to go into just a, 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 a let's just fade into the end of the year and then ramp up in January in the fast. No, how about God can do the greatest things in the month of December that you've ever seen in the last 11 months? Why not? Why not? Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. And I'll just keep rolling, Dustin, so just, just stay with me. The Bible says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. So, in other words, it's a beggar sitting at the at the outside of the church of their time, begging for money. And so now Peter and John are about to walk by, and they see this guy, verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, look at us. So John and Peter said, look, look at us. He said, look at us. Why? Because John and Peter understood what they carried. It wasn't because they had super apostle John and Peter in front of their name. And every, there was a billboard that said, this is Peter, this is John, come and hear them preach at 7 p.m. on November 29th. No, it had nothing to do with that. They understood, guess what, look on us because we got something that you need more than what you think you need. Amen. And if you grab a hold of this here tonight, you'll walk out of this place saying, you know what, I got everything I need in me. And you just come to church to amplify that and get more faith and grow and celebrate, amen, you're not coming into church, you know, at your last straw, but you're coming in fired up because you're just hungry for more of God, amen, and so we see here, I'm just getting excited, can you tell, verse 6, and Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, everybody say that with me, in the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and the Bible says, verse 7, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaped up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Amen. That's how you should leave church. You should leave church walking, leaping, and praising God. Hallelujah. You ain't going to leave church tonight with tears in your eyes, crawling out because you're just, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. No. Even if you don't physically see what you need, on the inside you're going to have what you need. You're going to have a revelation of what you carry, and you're going to leave this place walking, leaping, and praising God. And before December 31st comes, you're going to be shouting and dancing and praising and waking up your neighborhood, not because it's a new year, but because God just came through for you. I said God's coming through for you. I say, you're going to make it. God's going to come through for you. He's already coming through for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Walking, leaping, praising God. Hallelujah. That's, that's how Christians should be. They should be walking, leaping, and praising God. I mean, they should look at a Christian and say, my God, what drugs are they on? They're just so happy. They're leaping and jumping and praising. What in the heck is wrong with them? And I see some of y'all, I, I would say, what the heck's wrong with them? They're too happy. Why? Because you know God is alive. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so mighty. You know there's nothing that God cannot do. It might look like God ain't doing nothing, though. It might look like everything's falling apart. It might look like you're going backwards. Who am I talking to tonight? But guess what? If you would flip that script and say, guess what? These problems are happening, but my God is so big. My God is so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. I mean, look at this guy. This guy was 40 years crippled. He couldn't walk. Crippled 40 years, the Bible says. And now here's two guys knowing what they carry. And they said, silver and gold, we don't got it with us right now. But what we do have is power in the name of Jesus. And they took him by the hand and, said, and they said, rise up and walk. Come on. I don't see anybody in here in a wheelchair right now. So none of you are as bad off as that guy. He couldn't walk. He had to be carried. He had to be sat down. 
And he thought, he thought what he needed was more money, but really what he needed was more God. God will give you money. I believe in that. God will prosper you. You hang out with God long enough, you understand that he owns all the silver and all the gold, that his streets are paved with gold. You understand, you hang out with God long enough, he's, you're going to get taken care of, baby. Period. Because he, he has everything you need. God is very rich. Heaven is pearly gates. You understand what I'm talking about? So what you need is not more money. What you need is more God. And money will follow. It will, period. But see, he thought, oh, I need something in the natural. I need something tangible. What you need is something tangible, but it's called faith. You need faith. The Bible says, Romans 10, verse 17, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What you need, every problem is solved with faith. Every problem you have in life will be solved by this word right here. Because faith will come from the word of God, and you believe that word, you receive that word, and then you act on that word, and that's where your miracle clashes with your faith. Amen. And so this guy receives his miracle, and I love what it says here. It says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so the Bible goes on to say, he was walking, leaping, praising God. And when the people saw him, verse 9, walking and praising God, then they knew that it was he who was begging at the alms of the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, people, people will start seeing you and begin to wonder in amazement of what's going on in your life. They'll be wondering, what the heck is up with that person? What's going on with this brother? I mean, my God. He's happy as all could be. I know where he came from. Come on, some of your family, you'll see him in a couple weeks, but you're going to be leaping and praising and praising God. You may not have any more in the bank. You might not have any Gucci on. You might not have what you want on, but guess what? You're going to have God on, and they're going to say, guess what? Something's different with this person, and then as years go by, you keep running with God. I'm telling you, your whole life will look different. Your whole life, if you grab a hold of what I'm talking about tonight, a year from now, your whole life will look totally different. If you run with God today, if you get serious with God and you say, I'm running with the name of Jesus, I'm running with Jesus 100 miles an hour forward, I'm telling you, a year from today, you can mark it down. November 29th, 2024, you look yourself in the mirror. You take a picture tonight, take a selfie, smile, praise God, and a year from tonight, 2024, you look yourself in the mirror. I am guarantee you if you run 100 miles an hour with God, your life is never going to look the same. People will begin to see and have a wonder in amazement of what's going on with this person. Amen. Even yourself. You look at yourself and say, my God, I didn't just get a new haircut. I just look, there is a glow. There's something different. Why? Because you're running with God. You can't run with God and go backwards, folks. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you are the company you keep. Why not keep the company of God? In God's presence, there's fullness of joy. And pleasures forevermore. Hanging out with God is healing that flows from the stripes of Christ. Hanging out with God, He owns everything. I can go on and on. Hanging, you got to run with God. Amen. So the people, they were filled with amazement. Verse 11. Now, as the layman who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is the Solomon, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this or why do you look so intently at us? So now they're saying, look, why are you looking so much at us? Like as if we, in their own words, will tell you what, what they said here. Why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? So in other words, they're saying, look, everybody always wants the, the mog, the man of God, the man of God. I believe in man of God. I believe in honor. I believe in the pastor, the prophet, evangelist, all of that. But you know who I believe in more than all of them? I believe in Jesus. So Peter and John, the super apostles, the great crusade evangelist Peter is there. And John, the beloved, we read his gospel, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. John, the beloved, are standing there. And they're saying, hey, guys, why are you looking at us like we got some sort of superpowers like Superman or Flash, which we do, but it's called God. It's called Jesus. Amen. And then it goes on to say, 
Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go, but you denied the Holy One in the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life. Man, talk about a rebuke. You guys killed the one who could save you, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. In verse 16, and his name, everybody say his name. Through faith in his name, say that with me, say through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Faith in who? In Jesus. See, it's time to fix your eyes on Jesus again. Amen. Faith in Christ. And when you start out with faith in Jesus, I mean, it's exciting. I, I mean, many, I'm sure almost everyone in here is probably born again. And if not, we'll give you an opportunity to join the family at the end of the service and we'll pray. But when you first got saved, it was such an excitement. It was such a, maybe it was sorrow at first because you realized you were a sinner and you needed Jesus. And it was heartbreaking. But eventually you, you realized, man, what a peace, what a joy in my life. And you had such great faith in Christ. But then things happen. Just like with in this Acts chapter 4. I'll paraphrase the first section. But right after this man was healed, there was people watching and saw this take place. And it was religious people, and they didn't like what took place. And they wanted to shut it down. They, wanted, they grabbed John and Peter, reeled them in in front of all the, the head honchos. The head honchos of the religious board. They held them right there and said, by whose name or by whose power have you done such a thing? And they already just said it to the people. If they were just listening, they wouldn't have to repeat themselves. But they had to repeat themselves and say, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one whom you have killed, is the one who has made this man whole. And see, what happened was is they were stepping out into the supernatural. This is right after Acts chapter 2. We've talked a lot about that on Wednesday nights. The day of Pentecost fully came. They were in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven and filled them all with the Holy Spirit. And then they were endued with power. Acts chapter 3 is only one chapter after that. And here is the first miracle right after Acts chapter 2 of them doing what Jesus said to do. That you'll go in my name and you'll heal the sick. You'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. And so here they are. And now all of a sudden, the wet blankets of religion and tradition try to take them out. The devil tries to use these people to get them to stop and say, hey, stop using that name. Yeah, we cannot deny this miracle that is in front of us. We can't deny that this man for 40 years is healed, but you have to stop using the name of Jesus. And they, Peter and John, full of the Holy Spirit, looked at those men and said, let it be done unto you, whether we, we're serving God and we're going to go do what God's telling us to do, so so be it. If this is what we got to do, I'm paraphrasing, but if this is what we got to do, so be it, we'll do it. Amen. And so they were coming up against some trouble in their life. See, when you walk with God long enough, you're going you're gonna to come up against some trouble. It's just a fact. But guess what? Don't be discouraged because Jesus said you'll overcome all trouble and tribulation. Can you say amen? He said because why? He's already overcome. But trials and tribulations will come your way. It's just a fact. And see, this is why in God's Ultimate knowledge and understanding, he knew I've got to give them the, the tools and the keys so that they can walk in total victory. Because you weren't destined to go from valley to valley to valley and then one mountaintop and praise the Lord, but then you fall off the mountaintop and you smack your head in the valley again and then it's valley, valley, valley. That's not God's plan. We might live in the Lehigh Valley, but that's the furthest valley I'm going to stay in. Amen. Because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God's with you in the valley. But you don't need to go from ups, downs, ups, downs. With God, it should be never-ending victory with God. It should be straight up with God. Why? Because we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. But it doesn't deny the fact that you go through things. Those things, are, those things are not destined, the, the reality of those things should not take you out. They should make you stronger to go for, further, further and upward. Amen. Those things are in front of you so that you can take those on and it could solidify your faith and not cause you to abort your faith. 
People abort their faith when challenges take place, when really they're an opportunity for God to springboard you forward. Amen. Amen. You, even if you don't get the results that you think you, you should have seen, and there's some things we just can't fully understand, those things were, the devil, his plan is for you to deny your faith at that point and give up. Like when somebody gets sick and they don't make it and they die, the devil gets a victory when you say, guess, God, guess what, God doesn't heal today. So you just aborted your faith in that area. Now you don't believe that God heals anymore. But God still heals today. Because there's testimony after testimony of maybe what that person went through, but this person's getting healed. Do we understand why? No, we don't understand why. But what it should do is to solidify your faith, saying, guess what, God? I don't know why it didn't happen now, but I'm pressing it even further, and I'm going to believe what this Bible says I believe in. Because if you got to rip out parts of the Bible, then you got to rip all the Bible out. So then, therefore, then that's when you just throw your salvation away. But we can't throw our salvation away because we know that Jesus Christ is the living God. Jesus Christ is the one who saves. Amen. And so those challenges, those trials, those tribulations are there to springboard you forward if you'll get on your knees and seek God's face. Amen. If you'll seek the Lord. So look what the disciples did. So the disciples are attacked. They basically said, shut it down. Stop your faith. Be quiet. And go to Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Because many people, you're, you don't have this as a direct thing going on with a, a group of individuals in your face. But you might have it going on in your head with the devil. Because the devil has MP3s on repeat, and they're all the same with everyone. You're not going to make it. You're going under. Guess what? You gave your last dollar. You're finished. God's not going to provide for you. You're sick. The doctors gave you six months. You're done. You're finished. It's the same record over and over and over again. But you got to be the one to step up and say, you know what? No, not me. And that's what the disciples did. So verse 23, it says here, and being let go, they went on their own. They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. With one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. I want you to think about that for a moment. I'm going to give you three keys on how you can always receive your miracle no matter what's going on. Number one, look how they said, verse 24, Dustin. Acts, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong thing, brother. Chapter 4, brother. 424. There we go. They said, look, they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Notice how the first thing when they, this is a time of prayer. They're getting attacked. They're getting saying, shut down, shut your faith, give up, quit. Just like the devil's trying to tell people, give up, quit. Who do you think you are? Oh, yeah, there's another faith preacher saying you're going to have what you say and all that. And the devil's playing that repeat in your mind, saying, I've been here, done that, bought the T-shirt. <laughs> and that's what they're up against right now. But they went to a prayer meeting, and look what they said. They didn't say, Lord, look at their threats, which they get to that. But they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea. They began to magnify the Lord over their problem. They began to see how big a God they serve. They said, Lord, you are God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. That means our God is so big. See, do you see what it you see what the devil wants you to do is he wants you to focus so much on your problem that if you look at this long enough, this is all you will see. This represents your problem. If you stare at this long enough, this is what you will see in the room. It's called tunnel vision. You won't see anybody in the room. You'll just only see this. But what they did is they said, you know what? I'm going to magnify God above my problems. See, if you want to hold your miracle in your hand, you got to start magnifying God above all your circumstances. you got to magnify God above everything. You're believing God to own your own home one day, but you've been renting for the last 27 years, and you've been pressing in, God, I'm going to own my own place. Well, now all of a sudden you begin to magnify God because everyone's saying you're never going to own your own place. You're never going to have enough money to do it. You're going under. You're done. You're finished. Whatever. Put it whatever situation you're in. But no, my God is big. He made the heavens and the earth. He's making my home for me right now. God's preparing a place for me that it's going to be everything I need. That's what you got to, that's what you got to magnify what God can do. You got to magnify it. Amen. 
When you put, when you magnify God, you talk, what you need to do, number one, is you got to talk about how big God is. That's why I, I love hearing testimonies from people who have seen God come through in a big way. Even the million, the million dollar testimony, some people get upset, oh, here they go talking about getting a plane and getting a million dollars, how does that relate to me? Okay, yeah, I'm not there yet, and you're not there yet either. But guess what? I always see that, and I rejoice because I say, man, if God is able to do something so big, my problem is so small, it's over. It's mine. That's how I think. I say, if God can get somebody an airplane, he can surely get my rent paid. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, you got to, because it magnifies God. If God can build a big church building, what he can build your home. Do you get what I'm saying? You got to magnify the Lord. Magnify him over your problem. Amen. That's our job as preachers. Our job is it's called good news. Do you know why it's called good news? Because you hear bad news Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Bad news. The world news is bad news. But our job is to bring good news. Why? Good news that there's a good God who loves you and wants to take care of you and who wants to bless you and who wants to heal you and who wants to provide for you. Amen. Because he's a big God, so we magnify the Lord in church. That's why it's so important to come to church. Why? Because we're going to magnify God together. How many have been in services here at this church in Central Assembly, and you you've, could feel the tangible presence of God? Why? Because we're magnifying a big God. And when you magnify a big God, then you, that's when he's invited to come, and he starts invading your life if you let him. He'll change your life. He'll, he'll bring those things that you need, and they'll come in quickly. Why? Because he wants all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Amen. And he deserves it. Amen. Big God. Hallelujah. That's how your faith will grow. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But when you make it personal. See, I had to come to that point when it was like, okay, it's great, uh, you know, I I love hearing the great stories of someone else, and my, my pastor, he's praying for me, and I love that, and I'm glad he is, and this is when I was younger. But I'm like, you know what, it's, it's time for me just to, to put on the pull-ups. It's time for me to believe God. It's time for me to see God big for me. Come on, who is that here today? It's, it's time to just make this thing personal. God's look, the Bible says he looks over his word to perform it. He's looking for somebody who is loyal towards him to show himself strong on their behalf. That, in other words, he's looking for somebody to make this thing personal. Amen. He's waiting on one of you guys here today to say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going forward with God. I'm going to go forward 100 miles an hour. I'm tired of being stuck in the mundane every day. Praise God, we pray and nothing happens. Forget that. I'm done with that. I'm praying and God's coming through. I'm praying and God's manifesting himself. Period. And you got to make it personal because, what you know, the American church, not this church, but the American church wants to push it on to the pastors, but the pastor's job is to equip the saints. So we're putting all of our pressure on the pastors. Please pray, pastor. Please fast, pastor. Please give, pastor. Please do everything, pastor. And God is saying, no, you got to make it personal for you because he's got a personal covenant with the pastor, but he wants a personal covenant with you. And he wants to personally bless you. And he wants to personally heal you. And he wants to personally do things for you. Amen. And so you have, it starts by you getting a revelation of how big God is and that he's in you. So when you walked in the room, God walked in. You didn't walk in because he's in this building. When no one's in this building, God ain't in this building. God's in your bedroom in you if you're saved and born again. You don't have to pray. You don't have to look up and pray and say, God, please come down to heaven. You need to bow your head, look down at your belly button, because that's as far as God is, and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're coming through for me, because this is where God is, right here. Do you guys get what I'm saying? And you magnify him. And then on the inside, things begin to get smaller that have been plaguing you, and things that, of God begin to get bigger, and that's when things begin to take place. Amen. Because the devil wants you focusing on that lost loved one, the, the, the lost prodigal son who's not out there. But I'm telling you, if you get your eyes back on Jesus and say, God, you're going to take care of my kid, but I'm getting my eyes on you, that kid will come running home. 
Because now you're now you're trying, you're stop you're you could get in the way of God and say you know what I'll bring make it happen. No, God's got to make it happen. So just magnify the Lord. You made the heaven. You made the earth. You made everything in it. Magnify Him. Next thing you know, you forget about even your lost kids. Though you love them, it doesn't mean you don't care anymore. But now your eyes are on God, and now God goes to work for you when you make God big. You want God? Who wants God to work for them? Everyone else, you just want to go to work for God, and you'll be dead. I want God to do things for me and with me. Amen. You want to make you you want God to do some things for you. You magnify Him and you make Him big because He is big. You can't you can't exhaust how big God is. There's not enough words in the English language to exhaust how big God is. We'd have to crank open the Greek and Hebrew lexicon, and even still, we couldn't magnify how big God is. I'm telling you, that's step number one. You got to magnify. Everybody say magnify. Number two. Actually, let me read the scripture first. Acts chapter four. Go put that back up, Dustin. 24. 25. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? In other words, why are people coming against? Your holy one. Why are people coming against your Christians? Why do people hate Christians? Because we have the living God on the inside of us. Then 26 says, The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27, For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before the before to be done. In other words, these things were already predestined for Jesus to die. It, it was a setup. But look at verse 29. So now they get into talking about the problem. And they say, now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Notice how, now, Lord, look on their threats. That's four words. That's only mention of the problems. Lord, look on their threats. Verse 20, or verse 30. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. There's the name of Jesus again. It says to heal, go back. It says to heal, and that signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Amen. Who wants some signs and wonders happening in your life? That when you're like, I don't know how that happened, but something just happened here. One, you might need healing. That's, that's why tonight we mentioned healing too, because people need healed. But then there's another thing. It says, and, signs and wonders. Some translations say miraculous signs. So miracles. Miracle is, is something that cannot be understood with a natural mind because it took something supernatural to come in. That's why it's called a miracle. To God, there is no miracles because he's the miracle worker. Miracles are common day. Miracles like breathing to God, to us. He's just a miracle worker. But to us, it's a miracle because God intervenes. Amen. Through your son or through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Through the name of Jesus. See, what you need to do is you need to magnify God, number one. Number two, you need to look to God's word to change your circumstances and use the name of Jesus. Amen. So in other words, whatever problem you're facing, it may not say, Nick, in 2023 is going to go through this, so use this scripture, and that's in Acts 32, verse 15. It doesn't say that, but there's some word in there that God will give you, that you can stand upon, that you'll speak out of your mouth, just like when we were, we were just believing for our apartments to get out of the basement of, of the pastors. We were only supposed to be there for a couple months, and it ended up being way too long, and we were finally saying, God, you got to come through, and we, we, the place we were living at now it was actually kind of taken from us at first, and we both knew that it was ours. And see, that's a circumstance. That's, that's, that's something contrary to, to what should happen. Because with, with the believer, it shouldn't be defeat after defeat after defeat. There has to come victories. Amen. There has to come victories in your life. And if they're not victories in your life, 
then we have to do a checkup from the chest up to the neck up before we mess up. That's called from the heart up to the head up before we mess our life up. That means check the word, check your heart, make sure there's no unforgiveness, make sure there's no, uh, what else, sin in your life, unforgiveness, offense. And then you check your head and say, where's my mind at? Is my mind on God's word? If your mind's not on God's word, your heart can't be on God's word. So you do a checkup and say, guess what, I'm good. I'm not in sin. I'm serving God. I'm believing his word. What's going on? Right? And then as, we're, as I'm praying, she's upset, rightfully so. It's been too long for us to have our own place. I'm upset too, but I said, no, the problem, it has to be with me. Lord, give me a word. And he said, Jer- he said Joshua 1.11, and the verse says that in three days you shall go in, prepare your provisions, for in three days you shall go in and possess the land. And I texted to her and I said, hey, this is the word. And so what did we do? We, did, we, we stood upon it, but I began to pray that word. Lord, I thank you that your word says, because he gave me that word, and I said this. I said, Lord, I thank you that your word says that in three days, we're preparing ourselves. Within three days, we shall possess the land. I don't know exactly what that means, but I stand upon it, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Do you see? Using the name of Jesus. Guess what? That spiraled into a miracle going forward. See, what we do is if something goes bad, you can't cave. It's, that's the time to stand. That's the time to fight. It's called the good fight of what? Faith. If the only way you lose it, if you give up. Amen. So you stand your ground. And so I have the word to stand on. Now I have the name of the king who is the overseer of this word. And I put those things together and I begin to pray. And on that third day, we get the phone call saying, guess what? The person above you fell through. Of course they fell through because the name of Jesus was used and prayer was used and the word was used. And that's my place. Amen. And next thing you know, we moved in shortly after that. But these are the things that you don't necessarily see what I'm talking about in a quick testimony of how we got it. But these are the steps that we've had to take. Amen. We had to magnify God above the problem that we didn't have. We didn't have a place to stay. Well, we did, but it wasn't where we wanted to be. We wanted to be on our own. We didn't have that, but we had to magnify God in times of trouble. You say, God, you're bigger than this. Then, we, then not only did we have the place, but then we lost the place. And so what we thought was ours was taken from us. Many of you guys, what you thought was yours was taken. It's coming back in Jesus' name. Whatever's rightfully yours, it's coming back sevenfold if the devil took it. And you stand your ground. And we had to stand our ground and say, Lord, show me in your word. Because step number two, or key number two, look to God's word to change your circumstance. I couldn't look to anyone else's opinion. I didn't want to hear another opinion because sometimes opinions are just like armpits. Some of them just stink. I was tired of the stinky opinions of people. I was done with them. I don't want them. God, I want your truth. I want your word on this situation. Amen. Some of y'all just need to be quiet and say, God, what does your word say concerning my circumstance? And once he says it, I'm telling you what, you dig your, your feet in like you're playing sports or whatever. You, you stand your ground and watch what God will do when you stand upon his word. So you got to get his word. you got to let the word come and change your circumstance. How? The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. What comes out of your mouth? James says our tongue is like a rudder that steers a boat. It's like a steering wheel to a boat, basically. The little rudder in the back. If you turn it, if you turn the wheel, the rudder turns so that it can steer the boat in a certain direction. Your mouth will cause you to either experience life or death. That's why the word should come out of your mouth more than opinion. Amen. We also know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want your faith to work, then speak God's word. He also commands us to bring into remembrance my word. Have you ever brought God's word to his remembrance? I'm not talking about being dishonorable to God and saying, God, what the heck? But I am saying you can be stern with God and say, God, the word says this and I ain't seeing it. What the heck's going on? I talk to God like that. God, the word says this and I'm not seeing it. I told, who remember the testimony of the watch when I got my watch? I wish I had it on. I don't have it. It's at home. The Bible says whatsoever a man sows, that is what he reaps. Well, I gave away like three watches at one time. And now I, hadn't, I didn't have a watch for a long time. 
And I just obeyed God on all the giving of the watches. And then finally, it just reoccurred to me. I'm like, man, it'd be nice to have a watch, but why has it been so long? And then I looked at the, the Bible verse that says, whatsoever a man sows, that is what he'll reap. And I said, God. This is what I said in the, in the, the shower one time. I said, God, your word says whatsoever a man sows, that's what he'll reap. I've given three watches away, and I haven't received a single one. Over to you. And that's just a watch, but that's what his word says. His word, he, he wants you to remind him of what the word says. This word is powerful. This word is not just ink on pages, guys. This is alive. This is quick. He's looking for you to remind him of what this says and not just say, oh, God, if you're busy, I understand. But your word says this, and I kind of like to see it. But if not, it's okay. No, that's not what you know, the Bible says that you can come into in his throne room boldly. And that's, you can be bold but respectful. Being bold doesn't mean you're being dishonorable. That gets confused with this generation because there's some people who are bold, but they're being respectful, but they say, oh, no, they're just, they're just a millennial. They're just a Gen Z. No, they're just being bold. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a line you don't cross, but you can go to God and say, God, your word says this. Why am I not seeing it? And then he, he might, you got to be ready for the response because he might say, well, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. And that's when you say, you feel it, and you're like, okay, i got to correct some things. But when you know that you're doing everything you're supposed to do, then you can go and you can be that way. You can remind God. I remember 2021 or 20, when was that? 2020, December 2020. We started the ministry November 1st, 2020. December, around my birthday, we're going down the highway in Emily's old Nissan. We're going down the highway, just going normal speed on the left side, and all of a sudden someone comes up and rams us behind. Thank God we didn't flip flip the car or anything, but man, you could feel it, <laughs> and, it, it and it crashed, the, caused the wind, the, what was that? The trunk, or what do they call that? It's not a trunk, but it's a, the hatch. It was a hatchback, and it crunched in, and we pulled over, and the other guy pulled over, and you know, obviously ours is in more bad shape than his. It's always that way, it seems, and anyways, we're like, no, we need to get the police coming, and then they come and look at it, and then we have to get the insurance to look at it. And this is one month after starting the ministry. See, the devil wanted us to stop before we ever got started. That's what he does to people. He wants you to quit before you start. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But see, what I've learned, if you stand long enough, he'll just go find someone else to pick on. Because your faith is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen. And so there we, they, they came out and they said, it's totaled, it's done. And we said, oh my God, it's totaled, it's finished. It's over. But we looked at each other, and immediately it was like, I don't know, it's like uh, simultaneously, ma mainly out of her, but it, I mean, it hit me too. Malachi says, when you bring all your tithe into the storehouse, prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if, and prove me that if I will not pour out the windows of heaven, pour out a great blessing, and the, rebuke the devourer. Now, that's the devourer at work if your car is, is stolen. You get what I'm saying? It's taken away from you. Talk about trials. Talk about tribulation. Talk about real life things, folks. We got to talk about real life things in church. Is that okay? This is real life stuff. We're going through this. Number one, we got to start magnifying God above this problem. Because guess what? We had two cars, now we got one. And my car is a great car, but 200,000 miles, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Point A to point B, but that's good. But we ain't traveling the nation in that thing. Are you kidding me? That's faith right there, I guess, gift of faith to go across California and that thing. My goodness. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> so here we are. we got to magnify God. And then, he, guess what, number two, we've got to look to his word to change our circumstance. Because guess what, everyone's opinion, oh, man, you know, you should go ahead and get this and get that and do this and do this. And, oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. that's happened to my great uncle. And guess what, he got buried with that hunk of junk that got totaled. Because guess what, you know, whatever. You know, people are crazy. They always got some negative, sad story about whatever. I love them, but it's just the truth, folks. Who, do, who knows what I'm talking about? Amen, some honest people are here. I love them, but it's the truth. And so we had to get to God's word. 
So number one, we had to start magnifying God. God, we don't know why this happened. We know you weren't the one who sent it because the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you're, you've come to give us life and my, life more abundantly. We know this ain't from you. This is from the devil. But Lord, your word says that the devourer shall be rebuked. So guess what? This is the devourer, so over to you to deal with this thing. Does that mean we just lay down and go to bed and don't call the insurance company and don't follow up with the bills and the calls? No, that's called stupidity. <laughs> You still got to do what is going on in the natural, but in the back of my heart and mind, God's going to take care of this thing. Who am I talking to here today? Come on, faith is coming back. You're going to magnify God. And so we stood upon that word. Next thing you know, she feels led to go into all these documents. They got so much dust on it from 1906. I mean, the dust was this thick. It was just ridiculous. You know who's got them documents that are stuffed somewhere that you only need them when you need them? You know what I'm talking about? There we go. And we pulled that out, an old dusty piece of paper, and shook it off because we needed to find the title and all that. And sure enough, it's an insurance thing that says you are granted if your car is totaled, what was it? 5000 And 5000 extra, not only will they cover the car, but they'll give you an extra 5000 to get another car. So here we got, we got laid up 5000 bucks that we didn't know was laid up. See, you got things laid up in heavenly places far above where moth and rust cannot destroy that when things take place in your life, if you'll put a demand on God's word, you can bring it into the natural here on earth. That's why you give. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, had to, we found that, and then next thing you know, the insurance calls us, and they give us, what, three times the value of the car, something at least double. After the car was paid off, twenty five hundred. That's seventy five hundred, and then we we were blessed with an extra twenty five hundred to put down. We had ten grand down on a brand new car. Not only that, we get the nice car. We're driving it here today, still nice Jeep. Took it around the nations, went all over the place. But if we would have went back to that moment and said, "My God, this is it. We're done. We give up," that's what the devil wants wants people to do. But we had to remind God of His word. Oh, yeah, and then somebody paid our car payment, been paying our car payment. Amen. So not only did we get 10 grand down, but somebody's been paying the bill every month. We don't even pay the bill. God pays the bill. Amen. That's how much he looks over his word. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody here tonight? We're about to pray here in a second. Hallelujah. And then number three. Look at verse 29. Put it up, Dustin, please. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word. Verse 30. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Keep going. And then they had prayed. The place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, neither did anyone any of those things he possessed with his own, but they had all things in common. Go back one verse. Thank you. So guess what? So they were filled, and then they spoke the word with boldness. So they, they acted after they prayed. They magnified God. Then they reminded him of his word, because within that they reminded him of his word. And then what, they didn't just say, Lord, Stretch out your hand with miracle signs and wonders while we hide in a cave. They said, no, stretch forth your hands with signs and wonders as we proclaim your word. And then look what it says here. And then they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they didn't back down. They stood up and stood strong and fought the good fight of faith and moved forward. And you know what God did after that? He stretched forth his hands with miracle signs and wonders. So in other words, you got to get an I'm not giving up attitude with God to say, you know what? Your word says this. I'm not settling for anything less than God's best. What God says is mine. And then you got to get up and act like it's already done. Faith is an act. Faith gets up and acts like it's already done. Amen. So you get up and you say, I'm going. That's called expectation. That means every single day you get up, you should expect God to move with miracle signs and wonders. Why? Because you're a bold believer. Come on, am I in a room full of bold believers here tonight? I see some bold believers. I see some lions in this place. Amen. Some, you're as bold as a lion, the Bible says. You're bold. Why? Because you're going to boldly believe God's word. 
Despite the circumstances, despite what the people are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you really believe in God. You still got that job that's $9 an hour, and you really believe God's going to prosper you, my God. Oh, yeah, keep talking, devil. Keep talking. That's okay, because you're just going to keep growing in promotion, 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 increase, increase. If you keep running with God, if you don't quit, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. If you what? Faint not. I'm in a room full of people who aren't going to faint. Amen. I'm in a room full of people who are going to be bold as lions, who's going to proclaim, proclaim God's word boldly, who's going to stand for his promises, who's going to stand for healing, who's going to stand on the name of Jesus, who's going to stand for prosperity. Come on, who am I talking here tonight? Come on, who am I speaking to here tonight? I'm talking about you. I'm talking about your personal miracle. I'm talking about a miracle with your name on it. If you'll just magnify God, if you'll just proclaim his word, and then you'll get up and act like what he said is true. Remember where I started. Our God is so big. He's so strong. He's so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. It's time, church, to act like God is so big. It's time, church, to act like God is so mighty. It's time, church, to act like God is so strong that there's nothing he cannot do. Come on. It's time to act like God is God because he is. Hallelujah. And guess what? When you get that boldness, not to tear anybody down, but to build everybody up, guess what? God's stretching forth his hand to heal with miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm telling you, God is big. God is strong. God is mighty. And one of the things, that, as we're about to pray, there's different people in this room. Hope you get one thing out of this, is the minute you leave this place, one, you're going to be walking, leaping, and praising God. But two, you're going to look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And so I don't know every single one of you. I don't know every single thing you're going on in your life. But I do know that there's people here, one, you need healing in your body. You need a miracle in your body. Or two, you just need God to come through with a miracle, period. And it doesn't have to be physical. Well, I want everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes. Put your eyes on Jesus. Before we pray for those things, I want to ask you, those listening and those watching online, if, if you've come into this building and you've never, ever given your life to Jesus, I don't want to preach a message on how big God is and you go and possibly go to hell. The Bible says that there is a real heaven and a real hell, and you don't, got, you don't have to go to hell because Jesus Christ paid the price. That every person here, he died for you. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you've never, ever given your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you and for you first. Because that's the most important miracle. The greatest miracle is somebody being born again, a new creation in Christ. There's nothing greater than that. Maybe you've come to this place, and maybe this is where you fit, that you once served God like you should, but you're not serving him 100% now. And you once, maybe something, in, something outward that caused you to get sideways with God, maybe a sudden loss of a loved one, bitterness, something happened, somebody offended you, a divorce, something crazy, something outward. And people remind you of it or you remind yourself on the anniversary and it's caused you to just get upset at God. But God is saying, come back tonight and make it right with me. And I'll speed everything up and I'll take you right where you need to be. He's calling you. Maybe it's something inward. No one sees it. Bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things of the heart. No one knows but you and God. And you know you got to get right with God. And he's tugging on your heart saying, give me that so I can take you further. So I can take you where I want you to go. He's saying, come back. Come back. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Or maybe, maybe the devil's playing his soundtracked over and over and over again telling you you're not saved but you want to know that you know that you are saved if that's you and you're in this place without anybody looking around every head bowed every eye closed if that's you and you say Nick I want you to pray with me I need to get right with God I just want you to lift your hand high and say pray for me pray for me lift it high need to get right with God don't leave this place without being 100% right with God pray this prayer with me Father I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, you said in your word, if I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I will be saved. So right now, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me for all my sins. 
I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that online, please let us know that you did. Those in this room, with every head bowed, eye closed still, you come to this place and you need a healing in your body. I don't care how small it is or how big it is. If that's you and you say, you know what, i got to have God touch me. We're going to do what the Bible says to do. We're going to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, I need prayer tonight. There's other groups of people. You're going through some crazy stuff. You don't even have to tell me the story. But I know it in my spirit that there's people here. You need a miracle. You need God to come through, whether it's as simple as something with Christmas and toys or whatever to the most dramatic thing of lawsuits or whatever. I don't know, but you need God to come through and you need somebody to lock their, their faith with you, and that's you, I want you to lift your hand up and say, I need a miracle. Amen. Amen. Why do we lay hands on people? The Bible says, one, for those who need healing, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those who need healing, I want you to have an expectation that God's going to heal your body the minute things are laid upon you. Number two, Paul said, I was eager that I may come and lay hands on you that I may impart a spiritual gift some of you need a miracle, and you need God to come through, and there's two gifts. One gift is called the working of miracles, and that can be imparted when somebody lays hand on, hands on you, and the second gift you might need is the gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? It's God filling you with his faith so that you can speak the word of God and things just begin to happen. I mean, things that seem impossible happen with the gift of faith. So I want you just to close your eyes, lift your hands, and have an expectation whether it's healing or the gifts of the Spirit or the gift of faith, whatever situation you're in, I want you to expect it the minute hands are laid upon you. Amen? Father, we thank you, Lord, that tonight has been dedicated for healing and miracles, Lord, and you have an abundance of miracles financially for these people. Lord, as they sow what you've told them to do, Lord, you said in your word, if we diligently obey the voice of the Lord thy God, Lord, that you would make us the head and not the tail. We would be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Lord, that you would give us a surplus of prosperity. So, Lord, I thank you that this December will not, just because it's a cliche, but it will really be a December to remember because you're going to bless them, pressed down, shaken together, running over. They won't have enough room to hold the blessing. They're going to have to pour it out on other people. In Jesus' mighty name, and if you receive that, say amen. And Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do in the days to come. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZanerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.